1: Secretary of State announces a three-day ceasefire in Sudan as pressure to evacuate Americans
2: grows. It could have implications for not only resources, the flow of resources, but also the flow of people.
1: Tucker Carlson parts ways with Fox News as CNN fires Don Lemon. He remade the rights. He inspired us to think critically about these issues. anheuser Bush places a second marketing executive on leave of absence
3: once a beer brand particularly starts to lose its customer base it never comes back
1: this is the daybreak insider podcast your first look at today's top stories for tuesday april 25th i'm mike scott On Monday, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken announced that the warring factions in Sudan have agreed to another ceasefire. The agreement between the Sudanese Armed Forces and the Rapid Support Force, or RSF, came after intense local negotiations. The RSF released a statement saying it agreed to the ceasefire in order to open up humanitarian corridors and evacuate diplomatic missions national security advisor jake sullivan explains what the u.s is doing now in order to bring americans home
0: not put American boots on the ground uh, in Sudan, other than for the brief period that we brought the military in to evacuate our personnel. We have placed uh, ISR assets, intelligence, surveillance and reconnaissance assets, over the land evacuation route to help facilitate safe travel by land from Khartoum to the port of Sudan. Once at the port, then... We are uh, using diplomatic facilities in neighboring countries to help those Americans uh, with their onward travel, so that they can get safely out of the country.
1: Previously agreed ceasefires have all broken down, although brief lulls in fighting have allowed foreign civilians to evacuate Sudan to safety elsewhere. If the ceasefire holds, it may provide safe passage for the many Americans who the White House have said have expressed an interest in leaving. Reporter Kelly Meyer reports that U.S. intelligence is warning that Russia's Wagner Group is on the ground in Sudan.
4: There are still around 16,000 Americans in Sudan. Tonight, Secretary of State Antony Blinken with a warning. A notorious Russian militia is secretly helping the rebels in Sudan.
2: An element that, when it's engaged, simply brings more death and destruction with it.
4: That element is the Wagner Group, the Russian paramilitary fighters accused of atrocities in Ukraine, now on the ground in Africa, fueling the fight against the Sudanese army. The Wagner Group has maintained a presence in Sudan for many years, training Sudanese forces while at the same time conducting gold mining and arms deals. The outcome of this conflict directly impacts their financial interests. As the violence between the Sudanese army and a paramilitary group intensifies. Navy SEALs reportedly conducting the evacuation of just under 100 Americans at the U.S. Embassy in Sudan. While U.S. Navy ships stand by just off the coast with more U.S. troops at an American military base in nearby Djibouti.
1: Meyer explains that while there is a ceasefire, U.S. officials are working on evacuating Americans by land as trying to evacuate them by air may still be... Too dangerous.
4: Uh, so right now they are focusing on just that intelligence surveillance, uh, really doing this by land to try to keep U.S. forces from getting on the ground there. Uh, so they are going to keep monitoring the situation. But again, they said they could, if, it, if they feel as though it's the right thing to do, maybe do something by air again. But like you said, uh, the U.S. officials talking to us about it over the weekend, that, that was something they said that only the U.S. could accomplish, that it was the uh, fast and clear and they were able to get get in and get out, no shots fired. So it was uh, uh, only one hour on the ground, as you said. Right. So it's an extremely dangerous situation if they try to do something like that again.
1: Military affairs analyst retired Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis tells the Salem radio network any war will have effects on other African countries.
2: This one, of course, has been brewing since 2021 when the last coup took place. And, you know, it it could have implications for not only resources, the flow of resources, but also the flow of people.
1: McGinnis, looking at the situation on the ground, says that the conflict right now is about power and money.
2: This was disappointing because this year was supposed to be the year transition to you know, civilian control. Well, that's not going to happen at this particular point.
1: The retired lieutenant colonel believes the war in Sudan will likely have a ripple effect on the entire African continent.
2: The struggle in Sudan could uh, have an impact on Chad to the west, Egypt to the north, and Ethiopia, which is already reeling from its own internal struggles um, to the east.
1: Meanwhile, retired Lieutenant Colonel Daniel Davis explains that Russia's Wagner Group and their influence in this conflict may be comparatively small.
5: And this is not new I mean the the Wagner group in particular has been active in in, uh, in Af- Africa for quite a number of years actually uh, but it's on a very small scale and and if they're taking any action now it's almost certainly to uh, to try to exploit a situation for their gain to give themselves more uh, in, uh, influence in the area uh, particularly depending on how this thing goes and uh, you know if they think that we 're on the side of the of the uh, the government of Sudan, I, I can certainly imagine they would be keen to try to help the other side to to complicate our situation there. But in terms of of the overall scale and the strategic significance it 's probably pretty small, and not anything that uh, I think is really going to concern us too much there 's lots of armed trafficking going on
1: throughout Africa, however, many still worry about how to get Americans out safely if they want to leave particularly when the U.S. no longer has a diplomatic mission in Sudan. And although the U.S. State Department warned U.S. citizens against traveling to Sudan, some Americans with loved ones in that country suggested that the government had not done enough to advise Americans already in the country to leave. Speaker Kevin McCarthy is vowing the new House Republican majority will approve a package this week that will raise the nation's debt limit and make steep budget cuts. Daybreak Insider's Norman Hall is on Capitol Hill and brings us up to speed with the very latest on the battle over the debt ceiling.
0: Speaker McCarthy says the vote will happen this week on a partisan package that would raise the debt limit by $1.5 trillion in exchange for steep cuts that some in his own party oppose. McCarthy is trying to entice President Joe Biden to the negotiating table. Action is needed to lift the borrowing cap to keep the government fully paying its bills in a matter of weeks. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries say they are unwilling to negotiate over the debt ceiling. McCarthy also has challenges with Republicans. The hard right House Freedom Caucus has yet to bless McCarthy's proposal. Norman Hall.
1: underwent a massive shakeup with the departures of Fox News's host Tucker Carlson and CNN's Don Lemon.
6: Now, there's big news in the cable news business today as two longtime familiar hosts were fired. Fox News announced this morning that Tucker Carlson is out. This was a short time after the network was still running promos for his show tonight. The move comes one week after Fox News agreed to pay seven hundred eighty-seven point five million dollars to settle a defamation lawsuit from Dominion Voting Systems. About an hour later, Don Lemon said CNN fired him after seventeen years at the network. Lemon was criticized in February over a comment that his that presidential candidate Nikki Haley was quote not in her prime.
1: Carlson, who has occupied Fox News's primetime slot, since November of 2016, is reportedly shocked by the news. In fact, the departure was so sudden, the host was unable to record a final episode. Currently, the exact reason of Carlson's departure from the news outlet is unknown, but many critics of that move seem to believe that the host on-air coverage seemed to be at odds with some higher-ups at Fox News and other media divisions In the firm, Carlson's last show was Friday. Charlie Kirk, host of the Charlie Kirk show on the Salem Radio Network, explains Carlson's impact on conservative
5: media. Tucker Carlson was the only mainstream host in the summer of 2020 and early 2021 that was willing to have program after program after program on the adverse events and side effects of the vaccine. He remade the rights. He inspired us to think critically about these issues, about the prevailing lies and dogmas of our day, platforming voices that were otherwise suppressed and censored and putting them right into the mainstream zeitgeist. And today, April 24th, it is now announced, the biggest voice on the right, the air, the the baton air, informally passed from Rush Limbaugh being number one to Tucker Carlson being number one. He is out
1: at Fox News. The Salem host goes on to say that whoever follows Carlson will have large shoes to fill.
5: This is beyond significant. This is going to change conservative media, maybe for the better, maybe for the worse, maybe right down the middle, but it will change. Things will not remain the same. This is abrupt. This is sudden. This is unexpected. And you better believe it is significant not just for media but for the entire civilization the significance of this is serious fox has massive distribution they're part of the central cable news distribution network and to be in 100 million homes and to be able to access that many people is a big deal The question
1: then remains who is then going to be a forceful voice against neoliberalism kirk goes on to say that he believes that carlson's firing was part of a coordinated effort against conservative voices.
5: This is important, everybody. What does the National Rifle Association, James O'Keefe, and Tucker Carlson have in common? They've all been mass targets of the left, and they've tried to take them off the chessboard. They took James O'Keefe out of Veritas. They took Tucker off Fox News. You realize what you're seeing is coordinated. This is not some sort of random act. No, they pick their targets, and they try to take them out. They've tried to do that to turning point on us, and praise God, we're stronger than ever, and they're going to come again, and they're going to come again. We're dealing with a very sinister enemy. We're not dealing with good people. They arrested Donald Trump in New York. This is their playbook. Take him off the the board. We can't beat
1: him, so we are going to go to other means. Meanwhile, longtime CNN anchor Don Lemon has also been fired. CNN confirming in a statement they had parted ways with Lemon, saying... In part, quote, Don will forever be part of the CNN family, and we thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. We wish him well in his future endeavors, end quote. However, in a follow-up statement, CNN contested Lemon's accounts of the event, saying he was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead decided to release a statement on Twitter. Mediaite's founding editor Colby Hall speaks on the departure of CNN's Don Lemon and says there have been troubling reports of a misogynistic work environment with the host.
7: He was on thin
2: ice Um, and not necessarily there was some back sort of uh, opposition research that had been dug up going way back that I didn't really believe. But the stuff that he said on air. I know a lot of people that knew him personally and really liked him, a lot of women in particular that heard what he said that was about how women are past their prime once they reach 50, that were really, that forever could never forgive him for that. And again, right. that's that's a target audience for morning shows. And so if you're going to say that, you're really it's really hard to win. It's hard to win an audience in general. Right. But when you insult a significant part of the target demographic, right, it makes it even harder.
1: According to news outlets, CNN allegedly launched an internal investigation into reports of Lemon's misogynistic behavior back in 2008 after threatening text messages were allegedly sent to a female co-anchor. Most Americans don't want to see President Joe Biden run for re-election in 2024. Daybreak Insider's White House correspondent Greg Clugston takes a look At the new numbers. An overwhelming 70% of those surveyed in an NBC News poll, including 51% of Democrats, don't think the president should seek a second term. Nearly half of those respondents cite his age as a major concern. The president, who is 80, is expected to announce his reelection bid this week. The poll also shows that voters are not enthusiastic with the idea of a 2020 rematch between Joe Biden and former President Trump.
0: Visit regent.edu slash learn more.
1: The fallout over the marketing missteps at Anheuser-Busch continues with the departure of yet another marketing executive. Daniel Blake, who oversees marketing for Anheuser-Busch's mainstream brands, has stepped away from the job. Blake joins Bud Light Vice President of Marketing Alyssa Heinerscheid. The backlash began when Bud Light announced a creative collaboration with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney and was exacerbated by an interview with Heinerscheid when she derided Bud Light's traditional customer base.
6: I have thought about beer more in the last few weeks than I think I have my entire life. (laughs) Yeah, so Alyssa Hershenberg, the woman who was the person behind this campaign with Dylan Mulvaney, she is now on a leave of absence and they have replaced her, um, appointed a new person to that role, which would suggest she probably isn't coming back anytime soon. She could come back, though. I think what we're hearing from people close to the company is that, you know, it wasn't so much that this ad landed very flat. It was that she essentially insulted existing clientele. There was an interview that surfaced where she said, you know, they wanted to cater to more than just the frat bros. And unfortunately, those are like 99 percent of the bank's clientele. So you don't want to insult the people who are buying your beer. That's not a good move for marketing. Don't bite the hand
1: that pays your mortgage Dean Crutchfield, CEO of Crutchfield & Partners, explains that Anheuser-Busch is in a crisis of its own making.
8: The purpose of a brand is to unite people and bring them together as a sense of community. Instead, we have a brand in crisis that's created a rainbow of hell for itself. So you have to ask what assumptions were being made, because assumption is the almighty mother of mistakes. And clearly a major mistake has been here. Not being pro-LGBTQ by a long shot, not at all. But there's assumptions that's been made, mistakes have been made in the planning and the research and direction of what they've done here. That's been a calamity for the brand in terms of the success that it has not had. So we have a stock that's, you know, dropped. We've had a market share that's going to decline potentially and revenues that can tank. So it's a real crisis. So instead of denying, delaying, deflecting and defending the situation, this is really about the best defense as an offense. And what else, what other bags in the, you know, what other tricks in the bag do they have? Crutchfield goes on
1: to question the decision to release only one campaign featuring Mulvaney.
8: Because my concern here is, was this the only campaign you were launching for the summer? I mean, isn't there somebody in the room with the millions of dollars you spend on marketing, advertising and research that might have put their hand up saying this is bold, this is ambitious, but we might actually alienate some of our other core customers. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing your customer, knowing your brand and getting it right and not taking crazy risks.
1: Tony Ponturo of Ponturo Management echoes Crutchfield and says that part of what brands sell is that people can see themselves
3: in the brand, step number one: your brand, the name Bud Light. That's the image of what you're selling. The minute you put a face, anybody's face, uh, on the can, you're now taking away from what you've been building now for 40 years, because people see themselves in the brand. In other words, I drink Bud Light because I like what it t- what it says about itself. It's it's I like the product itself from taste. Uh, profiles, etc. But the minute you put a face on there, uh, that's a whole different image. It has nothing to do with the authenticity of what the brand's all about. Ponturo
1: warns that once beer brands lose their customers, they may never
3: come back. The second part is a lot of new marketers forget that, just take Bud Light, 70% of Bud Light's volume, is probably someone 35-plus. It's baby boomers like myself who grew up with the brand. They continue to drink the brand. And as they focus on this small, new, entry-level drinker, if, if the older consumer thinks, well, you're not talking to me anymore, and you're just focusing the small target, they'll go away. And once a beer brand particularly starts to lose its customer base, it never comes back. There's never been a brand to my knowledge, in the history of beer, uh, that once it declines, and it actually returns back to its normal state.
1: AB CEO Brendan Whitworth has said the brand never intended to divide Americans over its creative partnership with Mulvaney, but failed to apologize to the loyal fans that it alienated. Whitworth released a statement that read, in part, quote, I am responsible for ensuring every consumer feels proud of the beer we brew. My time serving this country taught me the importance of accountability and the values upon which America was founded. Freedom, hard work, and respect for one another, end quote. Bad Bath and Beyond has filed for bankruptcy, but says his stores and websites will remain open. More on this from Daybreak Insiders, Julie Walker.
4: The move comes after the company, which has 360 Bed, Bath and Beyonds and 120 Bye Bye Baby stores, failed to secure funds to stay afloat. It lists estimated assets and liabilities in the range of a billion dollars and ten billion dollars, and says they filed for bankruptcy to implement an orderly wind down of its businesses while conducting a limited marketing process to solicit interest in one or more sales of some or all of its assets. The company also says it intends to uphold commitments to customers, employees, and partners. I'm Julie Walker.
1: The Supreme Court says it will hear arguments involving public officials who blocked users from their social media pages. We get more on these developments from the court with Daybreak Insider Bob Agnew. The nearly identical cases involve school board members in Southern California and a city manager in Michigan. In both, people complain they were blocked by public officials who didn't like their comments. They argue their exclusion is a violation of First Amendment free speech. However, the officials involved say they started their profiles themselves and not as part of their official duties. Arguments in the two cases are expected in the fall, with a decision by June of 2024. Bob Aguirre reporting. And finally, it's now happened for a second time in 15 years. The Green Bay Packers have traded an icon at quarterback
7: to the New York Jets the deal finally done. Jets and Packers have agreed on a trade that brings the four-time league MVP Aaron Rodgers to the Big Apple. The deal had been rumored to be in the works for over a month. The only questions were would it be done before or after the draft and what the compensation would be? Well, it happens three days before the draft on Thursday and the compensation goes like this. Jets and Packers swap first-round picks. That means the Jets number 13 and the Packers number 15. Among the other picks, the Jets give up a second-round pick next season that would become a first-rounder if Rodgers plays in 65% of the Jets' offensive snaps next season. The Rodgers-Packers relationship has been on the rocks for years. Since the Packers drafted quarterback Jordan Love in the first round of the 2020 draft, he's going to be their starter going forward. Rodgers leaves the Packers with one Super Bowl ring, one Super Bowl MVP, and those four league MVP awards. And a little side note, Zach Wilson has looked up to Aaron Rodgers. Now he will sit and learn the game behind his hero, which could bode well for his NFL future, which was very, very much in doubt after his first two lackluster seasons.
1: While it's said that Hall of Famer Joe Namath gave Rodgers a blessing to wear his number 12, rumor has it that the new Jets quarterback will actually be wearing number 8, which is the number he wore in college. The news comes just 40 days after Rodgers announced on the Pat McAfee show that he was intending to play for the Jets in 2023, and that triggered negotiations. With Rodgers now traded to New York, sports enthusiasts anticipate that the Jets will now receive more primetime television slots when the new NFL schedule is released next month, with some reports suggesting they may play up to six primetime games. By comparison, last year the Jets only had one primetime game, and that was against the Jacksonville Jaguars.